You are now listening to Failing Ads Up with your co-hosts, George Jr. Ibarra and Antonio Romero. Stay tuned. Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Failing Ads Up podcast. As always, I got my co-host here, Mr. Junior Ibarra. Hello, hello, everyone. How you doing, Junior? I'm doing good today. All good, all good. Well, if you guys are new, my name is Antonio. Like I said, I got Junior here with me, and today we got a, a pretty special guest on this podcast, right, Junior? Yeah, that's right. This is definitely like super special to me, and you know, you'll you'll get to listen to the story as to why. Yeah, so let's just get right into it. Let's introduce our guest for today. Uh, he is the director of operations of Ibarra Realty Group. He is a real estate investor, father of two, and engineer by trade, Mr. Ryan Cahoy. Hey, oh, hey guys. How's it going? Hey, good, good. How are you, Ryan? How are you doing today? Not too bad. It's Friday. I'm ready, yeah. ready for the weekend. All there right. we go. There we go. So, Ryan, we just, uh, you know, just how we always start off most of our episodes here, uh, we always like to just get into, you know, who is Ryan and what was your, really your upbringing like? Yeah, Ryan. So like, tell us like, you know, obviously we're, for all of our followers out there, we're in the heart of the country, right? We're in Des Moines, Iowa. Usually people say Ohio, like when you're traveling, like, are you from Ohio? No, <laughs> Iowa, like south of Minnesota, close to Chicago. Yeah, then for they, sure. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, where are you from in Iowa, Ryan? Like, where did you grow up? So I am a native Iowan. So I grew up in northeast Iowa in Fredericksburg, Iowa. Um, do you, any of you two know where that's at? <laughs> no, I have okay. no idea. So it's about an hour north of waterloo cedar falls if you know where that is at it's it's pretty close to minnesota honestly um but probably thousand people there now a thousand uh, yeah a thousand a thousand well how many people were there before like when you were there a thousand <laughs> <laughs> like the, the town the town hasn't really grown since i left um shouldn't it be negative since some people left <laughs> no i mean they have babies so you know that's it's kind of keeping that Balances steady thousand right. i think i think I haven't, I haven't checked the census i feel like there's a, a thousand people sometimes in just one building like i know that. right down here for sure in des moines yeah yeah so pretty pretty small town farm town um is really where I grew up. So I grew up on a, um, you know, a little 160 acre farm. Um, actually, uh, my dad bought the land for my grandpa. Mm. So he, he did farm that, um, originally, but he got in, kind of got out of farming, you know, farming now it's like, you need to have thousands and thousands of acres to make any money. So back in the day, like in the early, I mean, mid 1900s, right? Like you could have 160 acre farm and, and do do well for yourself and now you just need so much more so um he ended up rent renting that farmland out um and he actually he was actually an entrepreneur as well my father so he had a machine shop machine shop and welding shop oh cool. so he farmed and then kind of on the side he would you know fix people's farm equipment and stuff like that so um, if you can imagine, that's kind of like a, a playground for someone that likes uh, mechanics yeah. and, and tools yeah. and Always fixing welding something. and fire, you know, like, so picture, I guess when you, when you think of me when I was a kid, like that was my playground mm. was, was like a farm and then unlimited 
tools. Unlimited tools that yeah. could like cut you open oh, and man. burn off your hand. And yeah, <laughs> the the funny thing about that is that I was I was pretty. I mean, back in the day, like you were just. I was four years old, and I just was like out there. Like there's just nobody like watching me. <laughs> now with my son Mason, I'm like I would never ever let him <laughs> just walk around the farm by himself. But like that was me. Like I was like sticks hammers saw it like you just yeah. that that's kind of like what were you, you were you an only child no i'm actually one oh. of five oh, okay but okay. the youngest so uh -oh. my next oldest sibling is seven years older than me and my oh. oldest sibling is 15 years older than me so oh. i didn't have like the like not that i'm not close to my siblings but um you like just... you didn't have that like person that you're fighting with either right so i never like really fought with my because they're so much older you know what i mean they're almost like uh not parental figure but you know what i mean like yeah. when, you're, when you're two years different then you're gonna get in, you're gonna scrap you're gonna oh yeah fight you know what i mean well and by the time your parents had you that's probably why they let you wander around they're like they're the done. rest of them survived right exactly <laughs> this, this guy like, will you know be what? okay he'll be all right We're and done. plus you and i are millennials so he you know him being jane z he probably doesn't remember this stuff but like you know, nowadays there's like, okay, they like, you need to be like in a car seat until you're like 14, oh, oh, exactly. you know, back then we were like riding in the back of a pickup truck, like on the interstate, like, hey. oh yeah, <laughs> you did so much stuff like that and you didn't think about it. Even walking, yeah. walking to school or whatever now, now you can't really, I mean, you can walk to school, but now it's a pretty, it's different. It's yeah. a different environment now. Right. right. So yeah. Um, I don't know where we're going with that, but, but yeah, that, that was kind of like where I grew up. So, um, I think my dad, my brothers, they're all really mechanically inclined. Mm. So like when you think of like my dad, I would say that he's like MacGyver. <laughs> I don't know. Do you even know who MacGyver is? I tell you, I don't think he knows who MacGyver is. All right. So MacGyver. wait, wait, wait. Let Do me you know who MacGyver is? Let me explain here. Let me explain. <laughs> this is going to sound bad. So I've heard of MacGyver, but I don't like actually know who he is okay so like macgyver's the guy that like takes a tube of toothpaste right and like okay. somehow forms a bomb to fix some i don't know he he like takes a paper clip and fixes something okay. or like okay. you know what i mean like so, yeah. these real obscure like solutions gotcha. for things. okay, okay. Yeah. but it's all wrapped up into a 30 minute show i think so um <laughs> but yeah like so he everything i don't know if i ever saw my dad take a car to like a mechanic ever mm -hmm. it we were everything was worked on everything was fixed there then and there you know what i mean yeah. or if they, if we didn't have a tool for something you didn't he made the tool <laughs> you would make the tool yeah oh, to do stuff that's so, like, so crazy if you needed a temporary tool you would you would you would just make it right um because there was no like what were you going to go like in Fredericksburg, like it was like probably an hour away with anyone that would actually have any type of stuff like that you know so there's a lot of ingenuity, I think, um, on the farm. So even though he wasn't like an engineer by schooling. He's an engineer. He's like, an engineer. Yeah, he's a true sure. engineer. Yep, yep. So um, that's kind of where I get my, uh, I guess, engineering type yeah. skill set or solution type skill set is, is trying to kind of find those solutions. So cool. So, what, did, what was like when you were a kid like, what was one of a vivid memory of you like being young and fixing something that was like, or, or, or even like, were you getting hurt or something like that? <laughs> Man. I mean, I was, I mean, that's 
when you woke up in the morning, like you're like, I'm going outside to the shop, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I always wanted to build things. Like I would pester my dad, like, Hey, I want to build something like he'd weld stuff for me or like, like a toy or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or like, I, I think I made him build, what did I make him? I made him something for like father's day, mm-hmm. but I made him build it for him. <laughs> so like, you know, like a cart, like a, say you had a trash can and you have a cart to like, or to carry know. it. Like, yeah. Like, put I, the I, trash can like a top. trolley cart. Right. Yeah. For some reason there was like wheels from a lawnmower and I'm like, Oh, I want to build one of these for you, dad. And he's, <laughs> so I'm like trying to think of my dad in his head. He's like, Oh my God, what are we doing? But so I, so I'm like, Hey, I want you to like weld this and do this. And then I like wrapped it and gave it to him. Like, so, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. All the, there's stuff like that all the time, but, um, one of the, I'd say the um, biggest memories I had was um, we rebuilt my grandpa's 66 Chevelle. Oh. Yeah, it it was pretty cool. So we, um, that was kind of like a project between me and my dad. Um, So we needed, like the engine needed replaced, everything, like everything needed to be redone. So. My grandpa bought it brand new in, in 1965 or whatever for like 2,800 bucks, right? Oh, it was man. crazy to think how cheap those cars were. Yeah. Um, but that was like a, a summer project between me and my dad. So one, we, we rebuilt the engine. So, you know, I learned all that stuff. Wow. Um, painted it, had to fix everything, brake lines, uh, rear end, everything kind of really had to be redone, mm. right? So that was kind of a cool That's project so cool. that we worked on. Is that? Do you guys still have that car? Yep, it's still parked. What? It's still parked. Does it work? Um, does it drive? Yeah, <laughs> kind of a little I bit. Think does so. it turn on? I mean, yeah, I think it. I think he started it like last year. <laughs> but yeah, it's still, it's basically in storage right now yeah. um, until maybe I can get it out. What, again, so. Was that like your your first like bigger project? You could say that you did together with your dad that you collabed on. Yeah, I mean, there's always something to do on the farm. There's always mm-hmm. like a big project. There's always Hey, this tractor needed to get, we painted tractors, like the old tractors or like, um, clean and fence row, like big, like cleaning out trees and fence rows was a big thing, Yeah. but there's always a project on the farm and there was always something to do. So there was, I don't, I think that's kind of my dad's MO. It's like, all right, what's my project for the day, you know? And, uh, that, that was kind of how, how we grew up. Is that, is that still him to this day? Oh yeah. So (laughs) so he's retired now. Um, but I could show you guys pictures, but now he kind of, his little hobby that he does is Mm -hmm. that he, that he builds these like 10 scale, large airplanes. What? Yeah. So, um, my dad was in the air force before he'd moved to, to Fredericksburg, Iowa. Um, but, uh, so yeah, he builds these huge, he worked on B-52 bombers. Those are huge airplanes. So that was his first project he did maybe like seven years ago. Um, so he, he made the skeleton, welded it up, sheeted it with aluminum, did all this stuff. Um, and it, it, it's pretty neat to see. And actually he's going to be donating those to uh, a museum and, uh, aviation museum here in, uh, is it Greenfield? Over oh, okay. on I-80. So um, he actually has that. He's going to be taking that to the, the museum. And now he's working on another fighter jet stuff. Like, it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. Um, he's always loved airplanes. So, like, so. when he's building these, how does, where does he build it? Like, outside? Like the garage? Or... He builds it in the, the old machine shop that he used to have. Ah. So, like, 
you could fit a combine in this place, right? So yeah. it's a pretty large, large shop. So he has them like hanging from the ceiling oh, while he's working. How on much them. do these things weigh? Oh, <laughs> I, I mean enough to hold from the roof. So oh. I don't know, probably six hundred pounds or less, oh, maybe. Man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's kind of his his uh, his, his passion. Dang, I would say his so passion cool. is airplanes. There's like you don't you don't get to meet people like that anymore you know like yeah. i don't really know of people that know how to make things with their hands yeah, like it's so hard to find i don't know maybe i'm not in just not in that circle but. yeah i mean i think it just are the way of how technology has changed everyone's lives too it's just different now right um back back in the day you just kind of you had to do that if you're a farmer you had to fix your own stuff because one maybe you didn't have the money or two like you just I can't, I need this thing immediately. Like mm -hmm. I can't wait three weeks for it. So you had to be, have that ingenuity. Whereas now you're like, if my, I mean, in my truck, if something goes wrong with my truck, I'm not fixing it. Because one, <laughs> one, I probably don't know how to do it anymore because there's just so much electronics and it's stuff It's a computer like nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The computer part of it. Um, so it's, it, I think it, you, that natural progression to, you know, stuff being a little bit more advanced kind of keeps people from maybe learning about that stuff you yeah. can work on an yeah. old car the 66 Chevelle. you can work on that thing there's i guess there's electronics but it's like it there's an engine yeah you know, right. you know what i mean there's right. not like a bunch of stuff in that engine department yeah so so like growing up then like i'm assuming you probably didn't really have like a job outside of like working on the farm then right no i mean like i never really worked on our farm besides like the 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 painting or you know what i mean all that that like stuff the smaller stuff yeah the smaller stuff but like you know you always picked rock like that was a thing up in northeast i don't know if you guys ever even, even know what picking rock is down here but that's no picking thing. corn i mean yeah we pick corn too but like picking rock was kind of one of those summer jobs that everyone got in the spring before they planted um just because it damaged the equipment you run over a rock um, and then you have to pick rock. Like it's super, is it sounds really weird, doesn't yeah. it? But you pick rock, throw it in a bucket and then dump, <laughs> you just walk up and down fields all day long. Rock. So yeah. you, you had that, that farm boy strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Um, we but, always joked around that, like growing up, like, you know, I played soccer. I mean, I grew up in Des Moines, the city. So, but every time we played these smaller towns, like they were just stronger, like yeah. you know, they were just like they would. You would try to go get the soccer ball from them, and they just like their bodies were just like not that they were like muscular per se, but they yeah. were just like strong. You know? And I think that's the thing too. Like most of them don't look strong, and then all of a sudden they're like just like bench two eighty five. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I think I think that's the reps thing. Like, uh, you know, you're you're if you're failing hay or something like that, like you're doing it like two thousand times, right? Yeah. You're not doing a ton. Of, maybe you're not doing a ton away, but you're doing it so many times that i think you get that like, did you yeah. bail hey i did a couple times but that's brutal oh man. yeah it's pretty brutal well one one if your your arms get scratched to yeah. hell right but then like what are those 50 to 75 if the hay was wet yeah oh man it was so heavy and then if you had mm -hmm. to like actually lift it up into the what do they call it hay mow or whatever that they oh man oh i did it once i gotta tell the story though because <laughs> like that was my first and only crack at farming type <laughs> jobs. Like my uncle, like he, he worked at like a meat packing plant and stuff, but he would always do side jobs, especially in the summer. And so one, you know, one summer, like 
he he told all us young teenage guys like my cousins and I like hey come work with me you want to make some ex- extra cash you know and all of us were like super we're like 16 year old like prime you know like t- you could run 90 minute soccer game and and play three games in one day and we're pretty like you know buff or whatever yeah. so we thought and here's my uncle you know 40 years old no looks like he has no muscle and and stuff and we go one day on a saturday <laughs> to bail hay we get on the back of a trailer and it's and this was my first time even seeing this right like and we get in the back of a trailer like then there's the machine up front pulling and the hay just is coming up this thing and you it's grab it yeah the, and you grab it and then and then pilot on the trailer right while yeah. you're on the trailer until you run out of room of standing on the trailer right right and so we did that and uh and I, man, it was so like he did it like nothing because he would do it every day, you know, like yeah. during the summers after he's work. He's having fun with it. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> and then we're, all us like there was three of us, sixteen year old cousin guys, like doing it. We're like, we're like, oh my god, it's hot. It's like, you know, we're getting scratched and everything. I don't even know how long we did it for. You're breathing in the debris. Yes, like, that's another thing. You, oh. you got to have like. Yeah like a handkerchief on or whatever otherwise you're just inhaling that stuff you know well and then you get back to the barn to unload the the trailer once right and then you go back out but you get to the barn to to put the 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 bale of hay up in the barn mm-hmm. and like i'm like how how do you go up there and they're like the ladder <laughs> i'm like you carry this thing up the ladder like what he's like yeah watch and then he just like one arm <laughs> like taking this thing up to the barn and i'm like I did it once, and then I was like, I, like I almost, I felt like I almost fell. So I was like, you know, how about I stack the ones that are supposed to go on this first level? You know, like and all of us teenager guys were like, what the heck? We thought we were so strong. We were the weakest. We felt so weak. Like we're like we we're bound down to my uncle. Like and uh, and then you know the next morning, like you know we finish that day with him. We get some money, and then the next morning you know sunday he's like hey you guys ready i'm like uh uh-uh. <laughs> like, like, I, 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 I was like i quit <laughs> like i couldn't move like yeah. i couldn't i was like ow every <laughs> every inch of my body i moved and then uh, like that whole for the next two days i would blow out like black snot oh <laughs> yeah that's the aftermath <laughs> the coughing the running nose oh and, man oh, yeah. so respect to you ryan if you, like yeah, you I, did all of that i, that, did, I mean of... i did it I, I wasn't like the everyday guy right like you yeah. had those experiences where but but like i said like Oh man, it's it is it's rough, you know. So how was uh? So kind of tell us. So that was a little bit of your childhood. How was like high school for you? Like what was, you know, the schooling for you? Like in in a in a population of a thousand, everybody probably knows each other. So oh, how yeah. was high school? What what kind of experience was the high school? It's pretty. I mean, honestly, like you can think about it. Everyone, like you said, everyone knew your name. Like you knew every teacher. Yeah. You knew every single person. See, look, that's that's the thing though. Like. So I always talk to people like that. What was your class? How big was it? Your graduating uh, so class. 33 people. 33, right? Yep. So like what? So me <laughs> and Junior came from a, a bigger, you went to North, right? Yeah. Your graduating class, do you remember what it was? Uh, it was probably like 300 maybe. Yeah, I think mine was like 450, something like that. And like people from these smaller towns, they always tell me that like, I always, I, I'm always curious, like how was that? And they're like, always confused like how did you know everyone because i feel like i knew basically everyone 
in my graduating class and I knew all my teachers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't even imagine like the level that you were at where you probably knew like their uncle, their aunt, their grandparents, like, well, yeah, everything you knew everything about them. about them too, right? Like, oh, this teacher did roofing on in in the the summer and all this stuff. Like, you knew not everyone's dirty laundry. I don't want to say there's dirt. Well, obviously, there's dirty laundry everywhere, <laughs> but like, <laughs> even in a small town, there's dirty laundry. But um, but you just knew their family more, you know. And everyone, oh yeah, they have farmland up on northeast corner of 116. You know what I mean? Like, you knew everything. <laughs> like, you go up there and like. Like, my dad knows everyone, right? Like, you know yeah. everyone in a square 10 miles, right? And everything about them. Like, um, whereas, I don't know, like you say, you know them, but, like, I feel like you know, know them. Like, you know their their yeah. family, you know their personal stuff. Um, so, that, I think that was good. Every, we were close, you know, not that we, I mean, I, I think I still, you know, I talked to, like, maybe five to six people, like, religiously from our from my high school now still yeah. even though it's been what when i graduate 2002 so that's gonna be <laughs> 20 years right 20 years right ago. i don't oh, i don't man, mean i'm to... making sad i'm getting sad <laughs> i don't mean let's to make turn this sound... around turn this podcast around so <laughs> right i don't make to me like i'm not my intent is not to make you sound old but you graduated in 2002 <laughs> yeah I was two years old. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> we're, wow we're, you and I, crazy. Ryan and I, are the oldies in the room. <laughs> but no, that that's dang, that's crazy. So you you still keep in touch with like twenty five percent of your class? Oh yeah, you know? yeah that's true. What, what do you think about twenty percent? Yeah, it seems like a lot. Then, right? <laughs> that's cool though. And then what what else was like a big thing uh, in regards to high school for you? Like, a, um, I mean, big thing was, I mean, obviously sports. I played sports and kind of like uh, like middle school and stuff and I kind of got out of that mm. in, in high school but still like you know you had like the you you know maybe in the bigger school and you guys can tell me this like you have the jocks you have the smarties you have oh, the artists man. whereas like in, in our crew like yes people were talented in, in sports and stuff but like you, you still hung out together like you all we were pretty close yeah. it didn't matter what your um, what your what do I want to say what what kind uh, of what kind of category you're yeah, playing to? Yeah, yeah, because we're all you just well that's yeah. they, they like art, and that's it. Like, but you still would hang out. Like, it's, yeah. there wasn't any real. I mean, there was probably clicks, but still, like, we still kind of hung out all With together. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I feel like you're kind of forced to, right? With oh yeah, the, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> just be alone. Um, but <laughs> what was what was the sports you played? Like throwing corn? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was throwing corn. No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, in, in up in Northeast Iowa, I mean, it was football, basketball. I mean, track. Was there any soccer? No, at all? no. There was no. There's no wrestling. So really, the sports were. I mean, maybe they do now. Like my actually, my high school doesn't even exist anymore. What? Oh, what? Yeah. What was yeah, your high they, school? Um, we were the Fredericksburg Falcons, and that's no longer. So they consolidated oh. with like a, a close by town. Oh, okay. Now they're like Sumner, Fredericksburg. Um, I, I don't even the Cougars. Yep, that's what they are. Mm. So now, so I don't even have like my own mascot anymore. Wow. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean that's kind of how it how it goes, right? You have a small town. Yeah. And then you probably have to consolidate to manage all the costs. But but yeah, so. Football, basketball, track. I mean, there were people that played golf, but like maybe like five people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then softball, baseball was pretty much it. 
Yeah, you know, yep. those are the main ones. There was and probably one. everyone played like everyone played, played like everything. you know the sport. The people that were in sports played every sport. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, because yeah. you needed them to. <laughs> so, there wasn't any diversity there, um, but yeah. So what did you like? Uh, how did I? Because I know you, you know in the intro they mentioned how you know engineer by trade. So how did like did, just was it more of your childhood upbringing that drew you to engineering? Like in the university when you went for high school where. Or were there other things in high school that caught your attention to get into engineering after high school? Like what, how'd you get into engineering after high school? Well, that's a good question. Um, so my brother, my 15 year older brother, um, he went to Iowa State to become a mechanical engineer. And so I always um, looked up to him and, and like to see what he, he does. So he works for a huge plastic plant in, um, in Clinton, Iowa. So it's a huge, like a huge facility. Um, I always kind of likened the mecha- like mechanical engineering would be kind of like an advanced mechanic, right? Um, but having, you know, you growing up, like I was always interested in mechanics and fixing things and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I, I don't necessarily want to be like a mechanic working on cars. Um, I feel like I can maybe do something, not more, but like something different, kind of like my brother. So do you, so, feel like, you feel like your brain was just always wired like that? Like I like having a problem and then the solution piece to it. I think so. I mean, I, that's what I tell myself is that like my, my environment that I was in and then obviously being able to play with all that kind of stuff. I think maybe that, that like uh, nurtured my brain to, to be that way. Maybe, you know, like I have all these things to do and then I do these things and then it kind of maybe hard, hardwired my brain to think that, Hey, I'm, I can, I can do problem solving. So that's really like, well, what, I don't know. I, it was kind of like, a, oh, my brother did it. So I think I should do it too, mm. you know? So did, <laughs> that's did. all the real thought process I had. Yeah. I mean, other yeah. than that, I'm like, I don't know what else. I mean, you guys tell me, like, do you really know what you want to do at, in high school? Like, that's one thing yeah. that I'm like, man, I wish I would have been able to see more of that kind do of you stuff. Feel like, do you feel like you had a, like a, a pressure from your parents of like going to college or getting Not, a higher education? I don't, I don't know directly more that it was just the expectation of like the culture that I was in. I mean, I, I don't want to say culture, but like, just like, that's what everyone did, right? Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like an expectation, but it's just like, that's the natural progression. Go to high school, go to college, get a job, right? Like, that's really what it was. And then as far as making the decision to go to engineering, not much thought process yeah. on that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there's probably a void there for people, you know, graduating high school. I'm like, how do you, how do you make these kids know what, yeah. what they want to do with their life? Because it's like, I just basically, if there was a dartboard, that's pretty much what happened, <laughs> right? I'm like, well, my brother did it, so I don't need to make a decision. I'm just going to do that too, you know? Is everyone in, uh, cause I, so you said Iowa State, and obviously I know you went to Iowa State, but is everyone from your family that went to university a cyclone? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> my brother is, obviously. Um, my sister went to some different colleges. She did go to Iowa State. And then uh, a couple of my other brothers kind of did the community college thing, and, and they yeah. were mechanics. Yeah. Um, and um, one of my brothers works for like the county doing like heavy machinery mechanics. Mm. Um, and also I, now he's actually a, a supervisor for people doing that. So he's moving up the chain there. And my other brother works for like a well company. So they drill, drill mm. wells and stuff like that. Um, so they, they kind of did that. 
I, I guess they're not really mechanics now, but like they kind of went that that route, mechanics, welding, that yeah. kind of thing. The trade, kind of like trade, like yeah, a trade, trades right? and like hands the, on, and right, really, right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the how how our. So was it, was that the main reason you went to Iowa State then? Like, is that why you chose Iowa State because your brother went there too? Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> right. Like, uh, there was no. I mean, like, I knew engineering was pretty pretty. Uh, they had a good engineering school, right? Like, I wasn't gonna go anywhere else for engineering mm-hmm. and i didn't really want to go outside of iowa right like i still had that pull the draw to to being close to family and stuff like yeah. that so i figured it was kind of the best of both worlds yeah um, not leaving but also kind of leaving yeah <laughs> so who who when you went to iowa state who did you already know that went to iowa state so i actually roomed with one of my friends i still t- stay in touch with mm-hmm. um so I, I roomed with him the entire time. Oh, okay. So He's the same my, one that lives in where you were from? Yeah. Oh. Yep, yep. So he lives in Ames now. Still, he's, He never left Ames. But, oh, okay. um, so I roomed with him and a couple other people from from my hometown, too. That yeah, one. That's... So one of my other buddies did uh, engineering, mechanical engineering as yeah, well. Yeah. And then also uh, my friend went to, like, computer, computer engineering, computer science. So yeah. we still, like... So it was kind of like you stayed with you. Yeah, we stayed. Click. So I'm like, maybe I kind of I didn't diversify there as far as kind of get myself out there. But you know, we we attacked Iowa yeah. State together. So. There we go. <laughs> so how was that transition of you know leaving such a small like your hometown, yeah. right? Such a small city with the population being so little. A thousand, yeah. No, it is, it is kind of it was kind of daunt. I mean traffic right like i mean you you grew up driving in fredericksburg iowa like there's nobody like you don't but then you're like okay now you drive down to des moines or ames it's a little bit busier um and then just you're just like i don't even know what to do you have to like walk to classes like what is this it's not in the same (laughs) building you know um so yeah that first semester was pretty pretty intense i will say for me um one just acclimating to that type of environment and two just uh is this what i want to do right like yeah. I, I did have kind of an existential crisis of like do i really want to do this anymore and and do i want to like hey i i do like mechanics i almost like applied to like go do like auto auto body yeah. like like fixing cars painting them and stuff like that i like mm-hmm. i was like this close to oh really it. yeah because it uh, was just such a like different I, I, world it was such a different world and i i just didn't I didn't know where it was going. Right? In that in that moment, what do you think? Like, switched your mindset to say, "Okay, no, I'm going to stick through this. Like, I'm going to continue to go." I think it was kind of a self realization of, like, I think you're going to run into this whatever you choose, Ryan. Like, <laughs> like you're going to have to push through. Um, and, and by the time I had thought about that, I'm like, man, I kind of like wasted a not wasted, but like you've already invested some time like that. Um, well, at least I'd just finish it, you know? Um, but ultimately I think it was just that those first years at college, I don't know, junior, like those first two semesters at Iowa state, man, they were pretty intense and they threw you at some like pretty tough stuff. Like, Oh yeah. Like there was a, what they call them weed out classes. I mean, they call them weed out classes. Right. So they're just like bombarding you with like the stuff that you can't do. (laughs) Yeah. Like the class start, start, you know, the class size starts at like, you know, 400 people in this, you know, class and then it dwindles to like a (laughs) hundred, you know? And so I can only imagine because I had a very similar experience to you, even though came from the city and my graduating class was 300, but 
my classroom sizes were like 30. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And then even though I only, I you know, Ames is only 30 minutes north from Des Moines. Like, I was super close to my family, and I moved up to Ames as well, to Iowa State. And we didn't cross paths, but yeah. you know, when we were both in school around the same time, but we didn't cross paths. But I can only imagine for you, because I also, the first two semesters, man, I was homesick, even though I'm only 30 minutes <laughs> yeah. north. Like, And, like, I'm like, oh, my God, there's 400 people in this class? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just like, and, like, you know, your teachers don't know you. They don't care. <laughs> right. Per se, you're like, you're like that one dot at the back of the, the classroom, you yeah. know, and they're teaching calculus, you know, because I went the engineering route, too, and you're like calculus and thermodynamics and all this stuff that you're like what like i'm never going to use this is the stuff that was going through my head and i almost left too i'm like i'm just gonna go back you know to des moines and and figure out i've always wanted i wanted to get into business Mm -hmm. but like i had a tuition scholarship and that kind of forced me to pick engineer. Sure. I had to choose science, right? Yeah. But like it was math the, and science, right? Yeah, math or science related field. But like, man, those first two semesters were so hard. I, I would go back home. Would you go back home? Because oh, I would go dude, home. All the I go. Time. I go home like every other weekend. Right. <laughs> like, um, well, another thing that kind of got me through was I, I met my wife. I didn't meet. So my wife is from my hometown. I knew her. No since way. She, she, right. I knew her. <laughs> like, I'm just like clinging to my hometown. Right. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I met, I mean, I knew her in, yeah. in grade school, high school. Um, and then we actually, you know, got together kind of while I was in college. I was going back and forth still. I mean, ah. you still like kept, even though you're in college, like you still have those ties to high school. You go to the games and stuff like that. So, I mean, I still, you know, interacted yeah. with with the crew there so that also kind of changed the trajectory of my life was just having that person right mm-hmm. like and then i'm like okay i got you know this i have a that support you know and, mm-hmm. and, and could just know like hey whatever happens you know i still have this person so um that kind of got me through that first year too yeah. a lot you when know? you were What's the hometown called again? Fredericksburg. Fred, Fredericksburg. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm always curious. So, like, when you were growing up and stuff, did you, um, obviously, you heard of, like, Des Moines, and you knew what Des Moines was, but did you guys ever talk about, like, oh, I wonder what the city's like? I wonder what Des Moines like? Or did you ever come to Des Moines at all? We come to Des Moines for, like, the, like the state championship stuff. So, like, that was huge, right? Like, oh, I mean, I drove down, brought all my friends, and we go to, like, what was it? It was at Veterans. Yeah, Veterans Auditorium. Veterans mm-hmm. Auditorium. That was like the huge thing, right? You'd come down like our in Des Moines, right? Um, so we'd come down. But I mean, as far as like knowing what it was, you didn't really think about it, to be honest. No. You just thought about school. You didn't, I, you know what I mean? You never had that like, you didn't ever, what it's like, you know? You never had like that urge or that curiosity of like, oh, I want to like move to like the city. I want to move to Des Moines. No, like I never had that like feeling like, hey, I need to get out of here, right? Mm. Like it was, it was home. It always felt like home, even though you knew it was small, but like you didn't know. Everyone, all your friends were in the same thing. So um, you never really had that longing for something else because you just, it is what it is. You don't know what you don't know. Right. You know, you didn't know like, oh, we could have like had like gone to the arcade or movie theater. like we had to travel 45 minutes to go to a movie right <laughs> that's crazy like, well you guys probably go 10 minutes right yeah so like if you went to go see a movie it was kind of like this big thing right otherwise you're hanging out playing cards or whatever 
right yeah. on Friday nights or Saturday nights. Bonfires. You know? Yeah, bonfires, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So you never really, I don't think anyone, maybe some people felt that way, but I never really felt that like, oh, I hate this place because yeah. it's so small, you know. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, question for you because, um, you know, like in here in Des Moines, like I was like straight A student, like school kind of came easy to me. Mm-hmm. Then, but then I got to college and it was just like, it was actually hard. Yeah. But like for all of our followers, like, you know, um, I don't know this and you'll get to hear a little bit about this in a little bit, but you know, Ryan and I are business partners in a lot of things. And I want to say that he's like the <laughs> smartest person I know, like oh. tr- truly like 30, t- at least 30 times smarter than me, oh, you know? God. And, uh, but like, so I went, you know, in college was actually hard for me. Um, I actually had to sit down and study, um, but there was still yet other people in like my fraternity fraternity that it was actually still pretty easy for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How was it for you? Like, <laughs> uh, like I said, that first semester was pretty rough. Um, you know, I, it was, it was getting used to that. Like in high school, I'm like, I studied by like reading, I like read the, the day, night before, right? Like you yeah. read the text and that's all I did. Like I didn't like have note cards or anything. Um, but then when that first semester, like, you're just like, what? So you had to, like, figure it out. It was just so much harder, right? You feel and, like it wasn't necessarily, like, like yes, the material had, like, a piece with it, but there was also, like, so many other things, like, well, getting used to the city, getting used to, like, being, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it was overwhelming in that aspect where you're, like, I, you just have so many things coming into your brain. Um, I will say, like, okay, those first two, I'd say those first two semesters, were the hardest I've ever had to study, do homework, all that stuff where I actually felt felt it. Like you're trying to do homework at like 10 o'clock at night, right? Like I'm like, what is this? Is this what it's going to be like forever? Yeah. Where you're just studying all day and, you know, go to class all day, study all night, rinse, repeat. And I'm like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say after those first, that first year, then like the classes kind of changed. Um, at least for me, I don't know about you, but like, I felt like it got easier as time went on because the clap, like the, the curriculum changed, mm. right? Where the, those first two semesters are like general, everything, learn everything about science class, physics, right? That physics class was horrible. Oh yeah. Just terrible. Um, learn everything about chemistry class. Boom. And they're just like, assume, you know, everything about chemistry. Um, but then when you got into the more of the, like, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Pinpointed like stuff like heat transfer, thermodynamics. That's where I started. It started to get easier for me because I'm like, I could understand it. And, and the classes were smaller. They were, teachers were better, right? Um, to where I, it, it got, I guess, easier. Yeah. If that answers your question. It was never easy for me. It took me five years to finish. And every year I was like, ah, I'm pulling out my hair and like yeah. barely getting a C or a B, you yeah. know, and like, uh, but, you know, push through it. But yeah. I, I could see how it was easier for you because you're just smarter. Because you're right, cool. <laughs> uh, I will say, you know, those dead weeks, you know, they had dead weeks like a week before finals, right? That, oh yeah yeah right where you're that's like your time to study i love those weeks because i didn't i didn't really do it yeah, <laughs> i didn't yeah. really study for some of those things i mean the first year yes but i, I kind of like that week to be like okay 
I'm going to spend a couple hours studying on some of this stuff and then, and then drink the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, um, cool. I got through it. Yeah, so there you go. finally graduated. Did you do it in four years or five? No, <laughs> I did it in five years. Yeah, <laughs> um, I did take a couple internships during that. So I took like six months off a couple times. Mm. So that really extended my, my stay. So yeah. I took two semesters to do some internships. And you lived on campus all five years, right? Or no? I lived on like in one of the community halls the first year. And then we kind of lived off site for the rest, the rest. I was moving every, like every time our lease was up, we moved because you wanted yeah. to find that next deal. And I'm like, <laughs> for rent, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, why did we do that? It's just <laughs> so much work to move every single time. Right. Um, but yeah. And the, you were with the same roommates every single time? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we cool. always had the, we always um, packed up, moved. and uh, Back then, like as college like students, you don't have anything. You have ramen noodles. Yeah. And you like, had ramen noodle night. A couple pairs of jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making a lot of noodles. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what happened after college? What, what you know, you graduated and, you know, it took you five years because you took two semesters. It's, it took me five years because I was just, it, it was hard. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, like what happened after college? What, where'd you go? So um, when was, so graduating, graduating in 07. Wow. Um, this is like right before kind of the big downturn. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh. Um, and uh, I had done multiple internships, never really had like a, I don't know, never like super passionate on any of those, like to be like, Hey, can I come back and work full time for you guys? Um, one, one was a, a power plant. So I didn't really want to go back to a nuclear power plant cause I didn't want to get radiated, get a, um, get a third arm. Or yeah, something like exactly. That. Um, and the other one was making, uh, appliances like refrigerators and stuff, Whirlpool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really want to be in a manufacturing environment. That was a muscatine, right? Uh, it or was no? a mana. Oh, so okay. you know, like a mana mm. is is actually a brand, but they yeah. they had a whirlpool took over that. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, I I mean, I think I looked on the job boards at Iowa State, and there was this design position um, for fire protection. I always liked CAD work, you know, like designing stuff okay. in yep. CAD, kind of like drawing, but then like at a higher level. Um, so I, I ended up taking a job for a fire protection company as a design engineer. So that was like, I don't know if you look up here, you see that sprinkler Antonio, you see what that looks So like, yep. um, I would design, um, the, the system. So like, ah. you think it's just a pipe connected to that. There's actually a little bit of engineering behind that because gotcha. you need to know pipe sizes. You need to know density of how much water is coming out of that sprinkler head there's multiple sprinkler heads you need to know what kind of the space is like this is office space so maybe if you're in an industrial environment with tires oh man that's a big difference right tires start on fire mm. versus this table starting on fire so you you really had to design the system to be able to apply a certain amount of water to whatever hazard would be there gotcha so there's a giant code book right um so i did that for what maybe three years um, designed some bigger projects out in West Des Moines. Um, I think the biggest project I had, I don't know what it is now. Is it Athena or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By like kind of by Wells Fargo out in West Des Moines. Yeah. So I did that fire protection design for that building. Uh -huh. um, and then I'd also kind of project manage the installation of those things. So you would, you would design the thing in CAD 
the hydraulics and all that stuff, and then you would actually like get it made. So the giant erector set when it got to site. So it'd be like wow. pipe 1.2, pipe 1.3, pipe. And then you would make the drawings for the installers so they could put it all together and hang it all. And then you'd have to make sure you're not hitting stuff because really what it came down to is like, you need to install fast um, to make a profit. So you had to like make a way around pipes, other pipes, other trades, um, and, and just make sure you weren't hitting people's stuff. Because as soon as you hit stuff, that just bogs down labor, right? Mm-hmm. Or the labor force. So yeah. So did that for three years. And and honestly, I, I, it, I wasn't super passionate about that. Like just something was missing and like it was like the, the day-to-day type thing. Um, and that's when I met junior actually um a uh, uh, a job position came up for what was it called junior it was like customer <laughs> representative or i don't know what it was it was for an oil and gas engineering firm there was, was a russian based company yeah, right yeah and it was mm. i want to say it was like inside sales engineer yeah i think it was like inside sales something like that yeah right and i'm like you know what that, that's something different <clears throat> you know i don't re- really feel like managing um people like in the field like like yeah. trades in the field um so that was just like this is gonna be completely different let's see what what it's about and that and that was uh with uh ccc compressor controls corporation yeah. um and that's kind of where that kind of spurred where i'm at today right even though mm-hmm. you know i'm no longer there um it kind of paved the way for your next why, chapter why you're sitting right here in Tony, <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah pretty much um, yeah so yeah, I, I guess, I mean, I know Junior's told the story before, but we really came in at the same time. We didn't even know we were gonna, there was two positions open for for that job. Um, so the first day we show up, set us down on a, I don't know, we were not even, we didn't even have cubicles, I don't think. Not, not <laughs> we're just we like, started. we were sitting out in the open. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you came in and just, they led us together like, so what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're the same job. It's like, oh, cool. This is, you know, I, I kind of felt almost relieved that, hey, there's someone else. Who's uh, in the same position. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was kind of the first the first meeting with Junior. How was that, that interaction between you two? I'm so curious. Um, no, I felt relieved, too, because so I graduated in college in 2010, you know, so... That was my first job out of college. Same thing. Yeah. I, I had some internships, you know, um, while I was, you know, getting my engineering or whatnot. And uh, I didn't also care for going back to those. So I was kind of looking for something new. And I've always been drawn to business. And so I was I, literally the word that drew me to that, like applying for that was sales. You know, uh, so, And I could apply my engineering and it was like, an engineering base salary. Right? It was like Which, the mixture of the two almost. In a yeah. Sense. And so it was higher than any, you know, I was applying for some business jobs too, but like, man, they were like half the salary of an engineer, you yeah. know? So I was like, I, I read the description and I was like, Ooh, this is a little bit of both, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and so luckily again, like, you know, Ryan may didn't hit on this, but like they interviewed like 25 engineers. Right. And, uh, from what the, our manager told us when he sat us down, like he, he pretty much told us, he's like, yeah, we narrowed it down to you two and we couldn't decide on who to hire. So we hired both of you. 
And so we always joke because they, they probably had like one salary in mind. They divided it into two and we're the suckers that took it. You know? <laughs> suckers. <laughs> and, uh, but after that, you know, we got to get some training done with our peers, right, from like Brazil. And yeah, it was, pretty, it was a pretty cool place, honestly. Like yeah. if you think of diversity, there was so much diversity mm-hmm. there across the world. Like it was worldwide. Yeah. And people came in from pretty much every part of the world, right? Yeah. You had Australians, you had um, people from Dubai, um, Russia, South America, Europe, like every nation was almost represented. Oh, um, yeah. And you would meet those people um, like during sale, like big sales. Nepalese, right? Nepalese, right. Pujan. Yeah, yeah Pujan. <laughs> um, so it was pretty cool to get everyone, you know, everyone's background was so different, you know, and, and it was kind of a cool integration i thought it was so cool just to get to meet people from all over the world and like we would get training and then we would all go out for beers and like we'd get along you know like Mm -hmm. (laughs) literally just get along like anyone else and so but yeah that's how ryan and i met and then we had six months worth of training remember right with forgot our instructor but he was like hardcore yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) about like what we did as engineer what the engineering firm like did Mm -hmm. you know so were you guys like, you had the same position, so were you com- like competing against each other almost, or were you like partnership, or how well, was that? Well, like, so this is where I'll let, like, you know, Ryan also tell, like, but like, I, I understood, okay, we got our six months training, they sat us down in that open table, and they're like, all right, so you guys have the same role, here's... um like a thousand people that we sold products to like 40 years ago. We haven't talked to them in 40 years. Um, So yeah, you guys figure out how to reconnect with them and sell them our new stuff. That's how I remember it. What about you, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of a collaborative effort. There was never, we were never pinned against each other, Um, but it was more like, okay, attack this list from 30 years ago. Right. Like, and here is the name of the guy that was at the the plant 30 years ago. And you're like, okay, like this guy's clearly not going to be there anymore, right? Like yeah. if he is, he's going to answer the phone like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we, it was basically a, a giant effort to find information and find the players who are involved. I mean, I thought it was kind of a cool exercise, honestly, um, to try to navigate into somewhere like the one piece we had when we called those customers like hey we got if you still have this controller you're kind of in trouble right like if, if this thing breaks and normally our stuff it was on stuff that made customers a lot of money Millions it, it of was it, it was it was something to <laughs> to the point of like depending on the machine i mean if, if that machine shut down that day you could lose millions that day wow um, if you think about like BP, Chevron, all that stuff, um, like those things are making money. <laughs> so if they got shut down, like they lost a lot of money. A lot of the processes that were involved had to have to shut down. Sometimes it took, you know, it could take a couple weeks to bring something back online again after shutting down. So it like took it took a whole a, plant down. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So um, they're pretty important things. So you could really articulate that or, you know, like, hey, these are on your, this machine. Normally, you know what machine it's on. So if, if you said, hey, this is on this machine or this wet gas compressor, like, oh, man, let me get you. In, I'll find out who the person is because it's such an important thing. So we were able to, like, gather all these contacts and, and players um, and eventually give them these notices. And then eventually it kind of lead into that junior, like, where we would quote them upgrades 
right? Yeah. So this, it naturally progressed into like almost like an aftermarket type um, position, aftermarket sales where you're selling new systems um, to these customers or providing, you know, extra parts or services, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, where, where in the past it was like, here's this thing, and then you didn't talk to them for 30 years. Now, um, it's more like, hey, how do we keep engaging them? How do we keep servicing their equipment um, and just being top of mind? So it really, it really kind of, it was just weird to just be like, how come they weren't doing this before? Um, but that's really what we were tasked with. And it was like, I mean, I, I'm a believer, everything happens for a reason, right? And um, it, it like, we figured out our own process like so our brains work differently right? oh, yeah. <laughs> like completely different way that our brains worked and like i don't think i probably would have quit if i if ryan would have been there because they like here you go and they had no direction really you know and so like ryan and i like tried so many different things to eventually like put our own process in place um and so a lot of trial and error you know failing and a lot of failing in there of just like this work, oh, this didn't work, you know, and, and eventually figuring out a process. It took us a year to connect with all those clients. Then after that, though, it became simpler, right? Like yeah. we, like now they only knew to call us, mm -hmm. like Ryan and Junior. And back then, no one called me Junior. It was Jorge. Yeah, right? I know. I know Junior is Jorge. So yeah, you never called Junior. Huh? It is hard for me to like think of two names all the time. Yeah. Like if you're in front of Antonio, it's Junior. If, it's, if he's just with me, it's it's Jorge. So. Junior is living a double life. Yeah, right? pretty much. He's someone else when he's George. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened. And like we just we just did really well in that company, right, Ryan? Like yeah. we even started having our own assistants that were helping us as we sold in more and more products and uh uh you know and i'll let you but like like eventually we got to a discussion like what else we're doing so well inside this firm what else can we do together and yeah. what happened there right yeah i mean i'll, I'll preface that by like <laughs> knowing jorge or junior mm -hmm. um he was always um had all these side hustles man like i'm like oh you're doing what was that one you did it was like the level, the multi-marketing, multi-level marketing, like stuff. Mona V. I yeah. did like uh, Amway, World right? Ventures. World Ventures, you did. <laughs> did you do Shares. Amway or no? I think so. We probably did all of them. I, I did so many that I forgot. So, like, so I'm like, dude, what are you doing all this stuff for? It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but you always had that, right? And I, I think really there was a point where like, hey, I want to get into real estate. I remember there was like a deal, right? Like, I think it was actually like a buy attached house or something like that and we looked at i'm like i was i'm always i'm the i'm the timid guy i'm the analysis guy and i always felt like that kind of prevented me from taking risks and stuff like that and the cool thing about junior is that i leverage him for that and I, I need yeah i need that to pull me through and then also me to be like okay well yeah but we what about this and like stuff like that? Like, like here's all the here's all the I'll be the naysayer of everything, and then Junior will be like, I'm positive about everything. <laughs> so if you mix mix all those emotions together, you might have a rational thought, you mm -hmm. know, investing in something. Um, so that's where we kind of that that working together thing is, is pretty powerful because I mean I lack that. Um, uh, what do I want to say? The risk aversion. The yeah, Junior uh, is like you can pick up Junior and throw him into the into the ocean and he'll be fine kind of thing. like yeah. he he's gonna figure it out while he goes kind mm -hmm. of thing yeah for sure yeah and that's where ryan always 
like yeah sometimes it's like i'm gonna go from one from zero to ten right but i forgot steps four five and six mm -hmm. you know i'm like and those are crucial to get to step ten right and that's where that's how i like to explain ryan and i and how we work like ryan's like oh yeah we can get to ten for sure but you forgot four five and six those are gonna require tools systems and more people and i'm like oh shit you're right <laughs> you know and then and then so then we figure that out together usually yeah. and then and then we go forward right, right? is yeah. kind of like yeah. how i like to explain yeah. how you and i work together as like we're like i always think of us as like together we make like a super human yeah. <laughs> i don't know that's yeah no it's, yeah. it's it has some truth to it because i mean it there's so much um there's so much you can do in this life. And then if you, yeah. if you can have a path and, and try to, I mean, I know junior, you, you get to where you are now. I have no doubt in my mind without me. No doubt. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not agree uh, with that. Statement. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying you'd be somewhere. I mean, come on. Um, be in the room next door. Bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like to get somewhere fast or maybe as fast as you can, it's just taking both that, your ex extroversion, you're, you're willing to find deals, you're, you know, willing to network everyone anywhere. And then if you have, I'm kind of working on the back end, like, okay, how's this going to work? How's this not going to make us? Cause let's, let's be honest, you start a new endeavor, it's going to be painful, right? And you need to integrate a lot of things, people, systems, tools, what are you going to need? And how do we make that less painful for everyone? And that's really, how, do, how does everyone have some satisfaction in how this thing operates? Because if mm -hmm. everyone's frustrated with how it works, it's it's gonna it's gonna break down. So it's gonna break some down. Now. So, it, I mean, that's where my my thoughts always go to like, how do I make this so it flows? How do I make it so it's almost default? Like knowing how people think, like how do I make it default that it's gonna work? Like not relying on someone's brain. Yeah. Like it just the process makes it work. It's not you have to think about it to make it work. Right, right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, and if I could add to that, I mean, like, like he said, you always surround, you always want to surround yourself with, like, people that are just better than you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, same with you, Antonio, right? Like, you just bring so much to the table with creativity and all the, like, the inner, the understanding of how social media is relevant in today's world and 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 just the energy, you know, and, like, you know, just like Ryan too, like he just thinks so, like when you surround yourself, if you're the smartest person in the room or the, the most social or whatever, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. And, and so like, that's how I always, you know, think of Ryan too, that like, there's no way, like I disagree with your statement. There's no way we'd be where we are at today without Ryan in the equation. Just like now we're adding and elevating with Antonio in the equation and things of that nature. And I think that's what makes our team so unique, right? Is that we do recognize that, mm -hmm. that it can't be done without the team. True. Yeah, <laughs> that's a true say. I mean, like, I think recognizing your, your strengths and your weaknesses is right. pretty, pretty important. I mean, I know you can work on your weaknesses, obviously, but um, honestly, focusing on your strengths probably has more power. And then if right. you can combine with people that kind of fill those voids, like you guys can, you can go really far i think and i yeah. think that's kind of how it's been working it's been working great um and just kind of filling those those voids where we don't we have blindness 
Um, right. Like like you mentioned, you know, when you combine and you are join up together, um, the potential there is really unlimited, right? Like you can go, like you said, you can go anywhere. And seeing it from like an outside perspective of just getting to know the both of you, I have like notice all right this these are junior like these are junior strengths and then like how you balance them out and, and those things that you mentioned like oh he forgot about these steps and it's just a really cool like um a, a really cool thing to see because i feel like most you know people that are very highly successful it's usually just like one person and yes obviously they have a lot of like behind the scenes of like mentorship and people that they're involved with but I think that's something that's really cool is that you guys are like this partnership that is going out for like this huge, huge goal, right? And you're you're doing it together and bringing other people with you at the same time while you, you build up that empire. So it's just something, something really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, it is, I know there's those people that do it all on their own. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I don't know. I just feel like to be able to bring everyone with you is really the the cool thing, right? Like to see you know, people bloom into their position or they find out things special about them that they, that they're passionate about is pretty cool to see, you know, mm-hmm. as we grow and grow, there's just more opportunities and more things that we can do. And, you know, bringing people along the way is pretty, pretty cool to see. Yeah. So I, I agree. It's just, why not? It's an abundant <laughs> world, right? That's how, that's, I think why we mesh and the, the culture kind of continues to, you know, be that within the team is, because Ryan and I think that way, like, why not? Like, we didn't, I didn't start investing until I was 26, you were 29 or whatever. Um, but, like, to know, now know that you're going to be 20 years old to buy your first investment property. Crazy. Because, and then I'm more than glad, like, Ryan is the same way. I'll, he'll tell you all about our failures and when we first started investing. So you don't make those mistakes. Like, why not? <laughs> like, yeah. there's yeah. so much abundance in the world, like, and you know, and, and why not help others win too, you know, if it, especially yeah. if it's a win-win. So, uh, so yeah. So Ryan now, like, so like what's happening now? Like what's happening right now? Like how many, how many things do you have your hands in? Like what else are you doing? What's the biggest project you're working on right now? Uh, I mean, obviously a bar realty group keeps me the busiest. Yeah. Um, there's always something changing, something new lead sources. Really my day-to-day is just making sure that engine is running the bar right. group is right. running and, and any issues that do come up especially with tools systems and stuff like that and the day-to-day finances of that is is really yeah. the, the the main role i have yeah. so whether it's our crm our integrations with other vendors making sure that that stuff's streamlined even like our e-signing software making sure everything is working together so that way when do people do come on board or new people or mm-hmm. even people that are on right now, they can work in the system and not feel like it's uh, bogging them down yeah. or stuff like that and making it streamlined for everyone so we can we can really, you know, fly once we we, we scale up. So yeah. and, and Ryan's being modest because <laughs> <laughs> we ever since he came on again, the team, so twenty sixteen you know, the year prior, we had done only 40 units as a, you know, a bar realty group uh, in 2015. And 2016 came on board, we doubled, did 80. Mm-hmm. And fast forward five years, uh, well, 
not even that four years because yeah, <laughs> last year uh we closed over 225 we're floating around 225 yeah. 230 so yeah. in just four years since ryan's been on the team we've grown over 300 percent. right so that's crazy right no that is insane <laughs> yeah i mean it just shows you like what he brings to the table right yeah and let, let's talk about that i feel like we're missing a, a crucial piece in in the puzzle and your story here so you guys both were both working at this engineering job mm -hmm. together right what happened between that time and you joining ebar really to go so junior actually left when was that 2014 i left in 2013 2013 yeah. um junior got an opportunity to work with some local investors that he networked with um, and actually we had bought a property with one of those investors, but he had a great opportunity to, uh, you know, help, um, them rebuild a bunch of houses, right? Like that was during like the end of the downturn, market yeah. downturn when you can mm -hmm. buy houses 40 cents on the dollar, you know, there was a bunch of foreclosures, all that stuff, bank owned properties. Um, so they're rehabbing what 40 houses, 50 houses a year. So you got that opportunity to, to basically project manage those and plus introduce those investors to, the Latino labor force, because they didn't have, they were from what, Mason City, out mm -hmm. of town. So really, Junior junior is a great, um, what do I want to say? Uh, like connector? Uh, like a... uh, What do I want to say? <laughs> conduit. He, he's the conduit to a lot of things. So he had that conduit to contractors and, and banks and all this stuff. And he, he really can can get himself involved in all that stuff. So, um, so how you did that for a couple of years, a, a right? Year, a a year. year from 2013 to 2014. Cause then like, like you said, we caught the last tail end of the foreclosures. So still we're able to find houses 40 to 60 cents on the dollar on the multiple listing service on the mm. open market. Then in like 2014, it like pretty much dried like up. dried up over night almost. Yeah. So what was your, your perspective? Cause I've, you know, the viewers have listened to Junior's story of how he got involved into all that, right? Yeah. But what was your perspective coming from the outside of, like, still being at at that current job or that job that uh, you both were at and seeing Junior getting involved into investing in real estate and getting this, like, mentorship and stuff from, sure. from his investors? No, I mean, um, at that time, you know, I, I, I was married at that time um, and I had you know, I'm, I've always thought about like doing something else, you know what I mean? Like we had those, we had bought an investment property at that time by then. Correct. Yeah. We had a couple, we of had a couple investment properties before he left the company. Mm. Um, so I'm like, oh, you know, knowing everything that he's at, I'm like, it didn't surprise me that he was going to do that. Um, but also it was kind of sad. I'm like, great. Now my partner in crime is gone <laughs> Yeah. and now I'm going to be doing this alone. But, but at the time, um, me and my wife had gone through some like infertility issues. So like I needed the money to like fund this, this endeavor that me and my wife were, mm -hmm. were on and, uh, it, and there's no insurance that covered it. Right. So I had to inject lots of funds into that. So it just was, didn't make financial sense for, for me to do that at the time. And at that time I didn't really know, I mean, like I knew of investment in real estate, but not the magnitude of where it could go. Right. right. Like, you know, of it, you know, that you can make money, but you have, I didn't have the capacity or the knowledge, you know, like, Hey, you could do this for a living and, and be, be good. Right. Or, yeah. or, you know, um, live comfortably. Yeah. So, you know, he left and like, well, 
best of luck to you, yeah, my yeah. friend. He's like, you go first. Right. Um, best of luck. We didn't, it's not like we didn't stay in touch. Oh, we no, still no. bought properties together and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. Um, but then when it kind of turned into more the, the real estate opportunity of being, you know, buying and selling, being a realtor, um, you know, you had done that maybe what, a year and a half after yeah. that or after you had done the investor thing. Yeah, I went from the 2013 investing, 2014 realtor, because I didn't want to go back to engineering, so I got my realtor license in yeah. 2014. Mm. And then we were still staying in touch, because when I became a realtor, well, who would I go back to to buy more properties with? <laughs> Ryan, right? So mm. he was one of my first clients who we bought properties together, and I made some commission, yeah. too, while nice. he was still an engineer, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, so we had, had that income from when we needed to get approved for loans. <laughs> so it actually worked out kind of nice to yeah. acquire some properties. Yeah, no one would have let me money back then. I had no money. So oh. we, we relied on his income to get approved for loans. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I see, I see what you're saying now. Okay. So yeah, that that's where, you know, it all kind of, you know, I had I'd always had that in, in junior. I mean, you know him. Yeah. You just, like it's infectious to see what he's doing. And, and at the, I mean, I had known you for five years at that point. And, uh, I don't know the, the personality, the, I knew his drive was so high mm -hmm. that I knew that if, you know, when you're saying, Hey, come join me, I knew that, you know, I knew that missing piece of me. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I'm, I have a missing piece, right? Like I have that, uh -huh. I, that's my missing piece is like finding opportunities, networking and, and, and finding these deals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm like. I, I want to be my own boss, right? Like I, I, it's just corporate America is just different. And, mm -hmm. and I, I foresee that if I stayed, like I'm going to be 55 and they're going to let me go. <laughs> and then what are you going to do? Because that, well, that was actually what, what happened to a lot of engineers at, at companies and still does to this day. But um, then I was like, I want to take control. And so that's really when I'm like, you know what, I need to do this in order for me to, feel right with myself even if we fail like it was really like literally i had that conversation if i fail at this or we fail like that's you know what that's fine because guess what no one not there's a limited amount of people that can actually say that they did that right like if you're like oh yeah i, I started this company that not many people do that mm -hmm. and yeah. even if you say you fail like well i did i tried you know right and that's something I felt like even if you did fail, you're like, I would have satisfaction. Even right. if I failed, I would be like, okay, I did it. When you put it that way, you're right. I mean, like, I'd be curious to know what that statistic is. Like, how many people are in their corporate jobs, have this dream of starting a company or being an entrepreneur yeah. and never do it? Yeah. Like, I want to, I don't know what the, but it's got to be like 90% or more, right? Like, oh, like yeah. that well, don't do that, it, that right. never do it. And well, you, you had that yeah. conversation with yourself, right? Yeah, it was so, hard. It's hard, man. Like, yeah. you had, I had a, well, so when I joined, um, we had a, had our first child. Yeah, he came on board oh, okay. in 2016. And so that's when Mason was born? Yeah, Mason like a week in. A week wow. into this new endeavor, we have a kid. And, uh, you know, you think it's going to be like, oh, we'll be out a couple of days, right? So Ma Mason came like a whole, over a month early. Ah, okay. So, um, uh, so when, when he was born, it was a pretty traumatic birthing process, but uh, he ended up having to be in the NICU because mm -hmm. of some breathing issues and stuff. So he was actually in the NICU for like eight or nine days. Wow. So I was out for like two weeks 
<laughs> right after I started. <laughs> like, oh, it's not a good start to this endeavor. But um, that was kind of the the rude awakening uh, when I came on board. So, Are you looking for a new home here in the Des Moines area to kick back, relax, maybe watch some Netflix, then chill? You are. Well, why hire a real estate agent when you can hire a real estate team that has an exclusive VIP buyer program to get you into your new home? That's where Ibarra Realty Group at Keller Williams Greater Des Moines comes in. Learn more about it on their website at IbarraRealtyGroup.com. That's I-B-A-R-R-A RealtyGroup.com. Again, learn more about the exclusive VIP buyer program at IbarraRealtyGroup.com. Oh, yeah. And, and like, again, Ryan's just so humble. <laughs> like, you know, in the sense of, like, yes, there's that piece of, like, him, you know, like, let's just do it so that I don't go to my deathbed of, like, I wish I would have, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, there's just, when I go back and think about it, so it's like you get two sides of that story. Like, there's just no way I could have, we, we are we would get to where we're at right now without Ryan as part of the equation. Like, yeah. so like he says, okay, he junior does networking and this and that, like there's no execution without Ryan. <laughs> like there literally is no <laughs> yeah. execution. So like he, like he brings that to the table for all of us earlier. You were mentioning, I know when to go to Ryan for this or junior for that. I, I look at where, where, do, who does everyone on the team go to when they have an issue? Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> he's a problem. He's a problem solver, right? I create problems, <laughs> and, you know. But you need that, right? Like yeah, you need yeah. you need both that, and uh, and so like Ryan's the true problem solver on the team for a lot of a lot of us, and like and you know, and again now we own over forty doors together, right? Yeah. We're about to buy our second commercial deal yeah we're about to get into development right. also scary so also junior's pulling me through that it's, it's kind of scary I'm hey, not gonna lie. we got we own insurance now we yeah, own, yeah we're about, about to buy, buy a mortgage company yeah like. all with their unique problems <laughs> junior yeah. i think you forgot one this what? is something I, I wanted to make sure i brought up into this episode yeah <laughs> Ryan has gone viral on oh, TikTok. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's me. That's it. that's you, Antonio. That's your TikTok filming skills. Ryan's just a, a guest appearance on there. Yeah. Follow us at a bar realty group on TikTok. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Just look for Ryan's video. It has to do with yellow paint. Just I'll just yeah. say that much. And don't well, don't negatively comment on it. <laughs> I spent twenty dollars on these lines. Guys. Come on, Ryan's the Craigslist. Stripping guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's man. what social media. I mean, it, like those com. There's no such thing as negative publicity. So Ryan, <laughs> you need to like on your Facebook bio or something or LinkedIn put Craigslist stripping. Guy. Yeah, that's a, on my moniker. Like viral on TikTok. Yeah, but, uh, I'm gonna do that. I love it. I love it. What no, else? What so else yeah, Ryan. So what's next? Like, um, you know, like as you know, there are, our podcast is called Failing Ads Up. Like with your story that you just told, like, what is, you think, would you give it as, as advice? Like, what are one or two things, or three, I don't care, how many other things you would suggest to all of our followers out there? Like, you have a, such a unique story. Not only did you leave corporate, take the leap, you had all these things with Mason, right? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know how deep you want to go into that and how 
you know, like you have you you have certain things around that, and you still went forward. Like, yeah. what, that's, like that's how? That's what, pretty intense. How do you yeah. do, how do you how do you get others to not be afraid to do what you did? I don't know. I mean, I think it all comes down to what you want to do with your life. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with working the day to day, the nine to five. There is nothing wrong with that. If you're happy, that to me is what you need to strive for. I'm not stri- I mean, I don't. When I joined, I joined a bar realty group and we started this business. I didn't join to make money. Mm-hmm. I joined to be what I want to say happy. Yeah. So um, satisfied. Yes. Yeah, so like that was one thing that I've always told myself. I want to go and and when you're done with the work day, whenever that is, <laughs> um, and and be satisfied with what you did that day and be happy where you're at. Whether I don't, and money is is good. It's just not what makes humans happy. I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't think that you will get sad. Even if yeah. if I if you had five million dollars right now, I think you'd be happy for a little bit. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah. Um, I think there's there there's these things in life that you that really make life happy. And right. whether it's starting a business with your best friend, or um, whether it's working as a trade and you love doing it, I think that's really. What, what you need to find and, and, and you're going to fail doing that because I did, I failed doing like, okay, maybe a smaller company failed at that. Didn't, didn't really make me happy. Did corporate didn't make me happy. And now the path that we're on, um, whether we make, we break even or whatever, I still think that that satisfaction of what we've done and where we're, we plan to go is really what life it's about, you know, along with family too, but I think that you really need that um, passion and, and, and opportunity to, to be happy in whatever you do. One. That yeah, was one? That was one. That was a, an awesome one. Deep um, one. Um, I guess as far as, fa- I, I think being afraid to fail or, or having a analysis paralysis is also something to get get over. I, I have that. Like I do have analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. but that's, that's where I get, like, that's where I kind of pull junior into, to my world to like, yeah. okay, pull, pull me through, talk through me. You know, it's almost like a therapy session almost. <laughs> Honestly, it is. It Walk is. me it's through like, the dark hole. Right. Dark um, tunnel. Give me this therapy session to where we can talk through it and, and, and have all that stuff. But like, I think that's another thing to get, get through is like, uh, you do need to move. You need to realize if you're not doing anything that it could be you preventing yourself from doing something greater or making your, you could be the one that's preventing yourself from being happy because you just don't have that uh, next step or, or or that you have that analysis paralysis. So you just stay right. Just staying is not a solution. Right. And, And junior and I always, you know, we speak a lot about making sure that, you are like seeking discomfort and, and getting out of your comfort zone because um, I forget this, the, how the saying goes, but ba- essentially what I'm trying to say is like, um, you know, if you're if you're in in the same spot, how do you expect to get out of that spot if you're not making changes, right? Right. Like exactly. if you're continuing to do the same thing over and over again, then change is not going to happen. It's yeah. not just. So I'm just going to appear right, in like front of you. From day to night, you're not just going to be an automatically new person, right? So it is about like taking that risk and being okay, knowing like, hey, all right, I'm 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 leaping into this 
knowing that I'm going to fail and being okay with that right. because it's part of the process and just realizing that whatever ends up happening, you just have to continue to work, continue to just keep going. And eventually, you know, you're going to find that solution, something, you know, I'm, I'm a true believer in everything. Like you said, everything happens for a reason. So just continuing to just work through that and finding that solution. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're, what, how I like to say it too, with kind of what both of you said is, is this, growth only happens when you're uncomfortable, like in life as a whole, right? Like if you're comfortable, you should actually ask yourself. You should be uncomfortable. At that yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that should make you uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're comfortable in whatever it is that you're doing, you're not growing, right? You're not pushing yourself. And so you should almost question, why am I comfortable? Like, I should go after something in order to continue to grow and put myself in, in a in an area, you know, or a new role or take a leap in this where it, I'm uncomfortable. And whether that's after your nine to five or, or a different nine to five or whatever that is to make you happy, I really like your first one, <laughs> like yeah. the happy thing. Like, I, I, you know, if I had, you know, if you had $5 million right mm -hmm. now, you'd probably still be do right here doing this. Yeah. That like, because I can tell your energy comes from people mm -hmm. and connecting with people, you know? And so, so I really like your first one and, and how you have to, your second one is get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. What's well, your third one? Oh, third one. Um, I think I, one thing I've always realized, and this wasn't necessarily with business, but just personal life with like all the like the infertility stuff and like all the issues that that come up for some reason with our family <laughs> but you know like maylin was in the hospital for like four days that was pretty intense stuff and it's it sucks to go through some of that stuff and i know that there's a lot of people that are worse off than us but i think one thing you have to realize um is that those bad experiences or those negative experiences you can help other people with it. Mm. Like Antonio, God forbid you run into some issues where like, Hey, you have inf like, I don't know, maybe there's something where I can be like, I can be an advisor to you. Like, Hey, yeah. I know what it feels like. I can relate to that. I can maybe provide some guidance for you. So I feel like every failure that you do have has an opportunity to be a mentor to someone else. Um, and even your children, like, like all your failures, you can, you can, be a resource to, to your children and your friends yeah. around you. So I, I, yeah. I feel like even though you're failing, it's not really, you're just learning <laughs> and you can learn how to do something a different way and maybe can teach other people about that. That's mm -hmm. a super cool perspective. You're right. Like sometimes I think even in our own podcast, I feel like in our recent episodes, it's like we talk about failure and how that helps you. Yeah. But like Ryan's adding, well, failure gives you an opportunity to learn and share that with everyone oh, else, even if it's not business related. <laughs> like right. in this case, you know, I guess we have hit on it when it's business related, it helps like, mm -hmm. but like even in personal life situations, mm -hmm. cause never, nothing in life ever really goes as you plan. No. <laughs> and so those experiences are also mentorship opportunities for someone else or another family who may be having infertility issues that you can, help them pull them through like you yeah. said before like no you got this like keep at it you know like right. you got this it it worked for us right 
Well, yeah, yeah. and I think too, some of those things you just, people you can't talk to about it and you don't know that there's people that are experiencing it and to be mm-hmm. kind of quiet about it is a disservice to, to those people going through it. Yeah. So I think some of the, just to be able to, to talk to someone, you don't even have to say anything, but like if you just know someone else is going through that, those same issues that you're going through, you both kind of just realize what frame of mind you're in. Cause you can, people can be like, yeah, that's sad. Or that's, you know, like, that sucks. Uh, you know, like I hope better time, but like, yeah. you just can't um, relate to it. You know, yeah. if you haven't experienced it. So you, I think that helps too. You really just opened my mind in, in the sense of like, I've always noticed that you are that type of person. Like if someone has an issue, like we've been talking about it throughout this episode, you know, if someone has an issue, you're the first, first person there to help with that, that solution. And I, I don't know if you even remember this. I asked you this question a while back. Like, I think like when I first joined the team, I think I asked you like, what's Ryan, like, what's your why? Or like, you know, what pushes you like daily? Like what pushes you throughout the day and, and, and stuff? Monster energy drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Monster. But, but we could be Monster <laughs> Energy Drink, the most delicious. Reach out to us. <laughs> um, and you, you told me you're like, you know, for me, it's like helping others. And like Junior said, you really came with that perspective of like, when you fail, you, it is to to help you know other people, and I I just want to say that you opened my mind in in that sense because I didn't ever think of it like that either, of like oh okay I'm failing but you know it's because I'm gonna learn something for myself. You're 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 writing your playbook as yeah. you're failing almost right. Yeah. No, that's so cool. And no, and thank you for opening up, Ryan, because not a lot of people open up like that to hit on some of that stuff. So that, and I know that's something in your heart to to help others, you know, as you, if you can in some way. So super cool. So Ryan, now now what's next? Like, so now you're conquering the world, right? Pretty much. <laughs> so what's what's next? And and tell us a little bit about what's next. And also, you know, wh- how how do people how can people find you online? <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously my Facebook page. Craigslist. Wait, wait, Craigslist. Uh, no. no, I mean, uh, finding me online, That's no one's ever asked me that question before because I'm not normally the, the sales guy, right? Like you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. No, I don't. LinkedIn. 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 <laughs> find me on LinkedIn. That'll be the word. Yeah. Ryan Cahoy. Um, what was your second question? Oh, it was like, <laughs> what's next? What's next? Uh, I, mean, I don't know, Junior, what's next? Normally, <laughs> normally you ask uh, him that, huh? <laughs> Junior has all these uh, grandiose ideas. So really what's next is I think that um, getting into more opportunities to, to um, what do you call that? Like whether it's a mortgage company, just kind of splitting off mm-hmm. and uh, starting maybe some other companies to help actually help um, a bar realty group and eventually just grow the team yeah. to where, it, where, you know, we can, we can have, a good group of group of agents and they love working there um, and they don't want to leave. Like that's really what um, I think our next five years will be is kind of doing those split offs, but also just growing a bar growth, a bar realty group um, to be that powerhouse in Des Moines. Yeah, no. And another comment that Ryan said recently that I thought was extremely powerful and this tells you how he's not driven by money per, you know, like in the sense of like, yeah, if money comes sweet, awesome. Like, sweet, let's go do some fun stuff with it. But I remember him saying how he's like, man, I'm so happy that everyone on the team is happy. 
Mm. You know, like when, especially, you know, he was talking about his operation team, like Tara and Judith. He's like, I'm just so happy to hear when they say, like, during our huddles, like how happy they are to be that, that and that we've helped create this world where people can be happy and mm-hmm. in, in a business world. Because a lot of people, maybe even our followers out there, may be going into whatever they're doing on a day-to-day basis and they may not be happy, right? right? And, and so to, to be able to, to say that, and that kind of shows you more even to Ryan's, you know, as you've learned here through his character, is like happiness is a huge part of life and, and, and he wants to continue to provide that in the world that we're all creating together at this point, right? So... Um, I've actually challenged him and I'll hear your thoughts on this Antonio because like I told him he needs to create his own his own personal (laughs) Ryan Cahoy YouTube channel hey that that sounds uncomfortable to me (laughs) he has to because like there's all the things that he does on on behalf of the team a lot of it is is behind the scenes I'm the I'm the, the 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 center of the football team yeah <laughs> but like the, he, the, the amount no one, of no one, no one sees what i do that, i'm just there that's, that's, the bar. And, and it's true though and it's true but it's like you're not it and you know what it's because you, you actually need to do this the only reason you need to do this is to help other people if that's your if oh, that's your trigger oh, you trying to get okay. i'm giving you that guilt trip because yeah. like you, you, the way your brain works when, and when there's problems, you analyze it and then you figure out a solution and you need to put that content on YouTube. Cause I, I feel like it's just going to help a ton of other yeah. people, uh, you know, like in, in getting that. And I, I know people, I guarantee you people will follow that page. This is the thing, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so people, you know, Junior and I can see, like, we know you. We know, uh-huh. obviously, Junior knows you much better than I do, but I've still gotten to know you really yeah. well throughout, what, this year? Yeah. How long have I been, been on the team? A, a year, little over a year, a half, yeah. yeah. Like a year and a couple months. Um, you know, you don't, so, you don't self-realize, like, your strengths and weaknesses and stuff. So when someone else on the outside can see that, this is the thing, right? <laughs> you're hilarious. <laughs> Dude, you're so funny. You have to... You have to take advantage of that because you're the type of person that's naturally funny. Like your humor just comes off. Like you're not forcing your humor. You're just the the remarks and, and the things you say it just naturally happens because that's just how you are. And you have to use that. Are you that. saying you're gonna invite me back? Uh, to this Heck yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. You've actually been our longest episode oh, so far because yeah. oh, the, the story is so oh. natural. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's the thing, I feel like on the surface like you when people get to meet you the first couple times or or just you know on the surface level you're not that type of person that opens up no i i'd agree with you which is not i do need to know you like i need need to i need (laughs) to gauge you before i let out ryan right (laughs) the real one (laughs) and the craigslist one the craigslist striper You guys have to watch this TikTok. <laughs> and that's not necessarily like a negative thing. Like it's not a yeah. bad thing that you do that because that's just like how you are, right? But the thing is like if you need to tap into that, you need to take advantage of like once people get to know you, you're a likable person. You're the type of person that like <laughs> before that hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, it's so awesome. I get, I get, this is probably us being the extroverts trying to pull you into that, that YouTube thing, but it is going to help you, like help so many more people 
I just know you like you're again 30 times smarter if not more and you're just so good at what you do and you're like ultimately if I had to like really put a label on you it'd be amazing human oh (laughs) you know what I mean and like because you're so genuine and and everything that you do so there you have it folks you know um we you gotta you gotta anything that this guy puts out there you gotta follow it so (laughs) stay tuned we're gonna he's gonna come back when he's gonna have over a hundred thousand at least followers on youtube uh based on his content he's putting out there And, and in the meantime follow him on linkedin or follow him on facebook and uh and, and definitely watch the TikTok video. We keep referencing. It's hilarious. I don't know why it's so funny, but it just is. Right. Someone was like, they were like, why don't you just pick it up and move it? It was for dramatic effect, guy. That's how TikToks are made. Right? Come on, man. Your whole channel, your whole YouTube channel is just going to be you making lines. Yeah, I think we could have a business idea just striping paint lines yeah, just in parking lots. Start lines. with every parking lot. Yeah. Exactly. So cool. No, awesome. So, Antonio, what do we got next for our, epi- our upcoming episodes? Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's an exciting thing. We do got um, you know a few episodes already lined up in the schedule. So, um, you know, some of the people that we're going to be having on is uh, just people that are in the insurance world, entrepreneurs, things like that. So make sure you some guys... Some athletes too. Oh yeah. Some athletes. up and coming athletes that are like ranked nationally and stuff too, to kind of hear about them. Yeah. yeah right. And potentially a, a clothing brand, the up and coming clothing brand here that's based out of Des Moines. Um, so some exciting guests that are going to be coming on here on the next few episodes. Ooh, a couple millionaire mentors oh, too yeah, coming on too. board. So multimillionaires and whatnot and uh, some venture capitalists. So a lot of good stuff coming your way. And uh, just to end the episode, Ryan, who do you want to give a shout out to? Who do you want to say hi to while we're on, on oh, the podcast? Uh, Hi to Mason. He's at daycare right now. <laughs> my wife at home, working at home. Um, and all my followers on LinkedIn. <laughs> my four followers on LinkedIn. All right. Thank you. <laughs> awesome, 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 Antonio. So what do we got? What do we got to end this? Yeah, so uh, yeah, just make sure you guys stay tuned in here for these next uh, few episodes. Um, if there is any, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, please, please comment down below. We really want to make sure that we're engaging with our audience here. So uh, we're going to be answering questions, things like that. We're going to try to be doing that a little bit more. Um, but, you know, continue to support. We all appreciate it. You can follow me on uh, Facebook and then, you know, Instagram, all, all those pr- platforms as well as Junior. And then you can actually follow the podcast as well. Um, so that's going to be, you know, on all the major platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and then um, all our social media. So make sure you stay tuned in. Is there anything else you want to leave it off with, Junior? Nope, that's all I got. It's good to see all of you. And, and again, shout out to all of our followers, followers out there. Thank you for continuing to watch and listen to our episodes. And we hope to see you on the on the upcoming ones. See you next time. See you. Thanks for tuning in with us on this episode of Failing Ads Up. Till next time. <laughs>